welcome to this latest episode of Chasing Creativity. I'm Kiran Manrali, your host, and today my guest is a very, very dear friend, a best-selling author, and more importantly, a much-loved author by everyone who's read her. Welcome to Chasing Creativity, Preeti. Thank you so much, Kiran, and wonderful to be here and chatting with you. I've been wanting to do this for a long time, so thank you for taking time out for this. And I've, Preeti, I've always been so fascinated by your discipline and by your creative process. So I'm going to dive straight into it, Preeti. This podcast, as you know, is about creativity and about, you know, how we tap this resource of uh, creative uh, energy or fuel that we sort of rely on. Yes. So you started out, Preeti, as I did being a blogger. Yes. Right. And uh, blogging is, uh, you know, they don't really consider it creative. So how did this switch to writing books happen? Uh, It's the same as you, Kiran. So when you said discipline, I was just smiling and nodding because even you have written a whole number of books and the process hasn't been easy. So blogging was uh, something that came naturally to me. It was I started it in uh, way back in uh, 2006 after the death of my father. It was most, more a coping mechanism to get over the deep grief that I faced. So I would blog every single day and Nobody would read my blog. But for me, it was cathartic to write. I said, no matter what's going on in our life, there is if there is a small thing I can focus on, small thing that gives me positivity, which I can focus on, I'm going to do just that. Because for me, my world had gone dark and I was really, really struggling to cope. And slowly I became more comfortable with blogging. And my very first book, which came out, was a collection of my blog posts. So it was unheard of at that time in India. It was creative nonfiction. They're all true stories from my life. It is now republished as Love a Little Stronger. It was initially published as 34 Bubblegums and Candies. And then it's republished as Love a Little Stronger. And I knew that after that, I knew that a writer is what I wanted to be. And I have kept going on. Now I'm 15 books old. And 15 books. So all of them bestsellers, Preeti. And all of them much loved. And they don't happen easily, right? So there has to be this process that you go through when you're putting your books together you know I know that you're very organized and very disciplined and I want to tap into that and figure out how you do it so how does a book happen for you Preeti what is your process so for me it all begins with an idea Kiran if uh, I have like many ideas brimming in my head and the idea which stays with me the longest uh, grows into a book And it's usually something that I feel deeply about, which I can do nothing about, which I feel helpless about. And that's what translates into a book. For example, for my book, A Hundred Little Flames, I heard of old people being abandoned in Kerala. Like people just take their old parents to the temple and they leave them there and they never come back for them. You know, and that shocked me. And I felt old people do have a story to tell. So that's how the protagonist of that uh, 100 Little Flames, Gopal Shankar, who's a grumpy, crotchety old man, he came about because I felt they have stories to tell and no one listens to them. So each book like that, there would be some social issue which I address. And in my book, it happens for a reason. We have a lot of people who hate dogs in India. You know, they live in apartments. You always have the dog owners fighting with the People who don't have dogs, like dogs can't enter into lifts and things like that. And at that time, I had a dog. And so I wrote a book where We, the Protagonist, runs a dog boarding facility. So, you know, small issues like this in society, which affect me, which I feel I can do nothing about, 
that usually comes about as a book and in my book life is what you make it it was about bipolar disorder at that time i was living in the uk and my landlady was a nurse at a psychiatric hospital so through her i heard so many incidents and i myself knew people who were suffering from bipolar disorder back in india and at the at that time there was this huge taboo nobody will talk about mental health and i felt it was so important to talk about this issue because everyone in india at that time would say this book came out more than 14 years back it sold over a million copies and nobody would really say what it is you know they will just say it's a problem so i felt it was very important to write a book like that which uh, young people could relate to because in india and china alone at that time there were more than 12 to 15 million people who suffered from this disorder and i made it very interesting because i wanted young people to read the book and that's how that uh, that book life is what you make it came about it has a sequel as well wake up life is calling so each of my books kiran there would be a story or there would be a reason why i wrote it yes sir i remember your first the first book that i read and it was really very touching because you actually got me to the mind of a protagonist with a you know with a mental uh, ailment and uh, it was something that stayed with you for a long time as well as 100 uh, flames because uh, not many people would give uh, you know front space to an elderly protagonist and i think that was really lovely of you when you how do you develop your characters priti you've spoken about you know the issue coming to you and you know the topic coming to you and then you work on the plot etc but do you work character first or do you plot it out and then build on your characters what is the process for you so my uh, process is actually very different from kiran's and i know kiran's process because she's a very good friend so for me everything is planned you know i'll have to know everything about my character in detail so i have my character questionnaire about where they studied where they went to school what they do in their free time what clothes do they like to wear what happened uh, in their childhood uh, you know what uh, kind of uh, toothpaste even they use i would know all of it but that may not come into the book but i develop the character completely and fully and i do have a plot outline i know where the story is going it's all planned but at times the characters take their excursions and they surprise me and i was very shocked when that happened you know because when i wrote, mentioned it to my non writer friends they said how can it be because you're the writer how can the character not listen to you and i thought i was going mad until i spoke to some writers like uh, kiran and my dear friend madhuri banerji so they said yes that's what happens the characters don't listen to you and that's when i knew okay i have stumbled upon something which is bigger than myself so while there are uh, places for meandering of the character mostly it's all planned kiran it's everything is done in detail and when the characters then take a life of their own and they start interacting the dialogue flows and that's a great place to be in and that usually happens about 30 to 35000 words into the book till then i would say for me it's a struggle and sometimes even after that it happens even though i have the plot it it may not quite go the way go the way i planned it so that's always there but mostly it's planned so it's heartening to know preeti that uh, you know this happens with you also and you are such a meticulously planned writer because i thought that my characters were the most disobedient creatures in the universe <laughs> <laughs> it just shows that we've done a good job creating them because then they get a mind of their own which is great like kids like our like kids, kids who don't like listen to us Yeah, Once we, they grow up, we can't even pretend to be godlike, na? No, we can't. In this whole situation, 
we can't we really have no control sometimes i feel i feel sometimes there is some divine creative energy maybe it's some beings come through you and want us to write their stories you know i would imagine it's like that because people would ask me where do you get your ideas i really don't know they just pop into my head so maybe there is a Gop- gopal shankar somewhere in the ether who wants me to write his story who knows i really don't know. i feel i tap into some energy that's so true that's so very true i also wanted to ask you preeti as a writer you are also a very avid reader how important is fueling your own creativity by consuming other creative work extremely 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 important i read a lot and i read different kinds of things i read anything from children's book to michael morpurgo to a award winning book to literary fiction commercial fiction a quick paced uh, book romance everything i read you know i don't read horror that's one genre i don't read but mostly i read everything i can lay my hands on and it's so important because then you are exposed to different ways of storytelling you are exposed to different forms of writing and i feel reading is what will help you develop your craft because you the more exposed you are it's like art if you are say assume that you are a tribal living in a tribal village you would have seen only one kind of art but assume that you have traveled all over the world and you have seen different kinds of art and then you come back and then you sit to create the influence of everything that you have uh, seen will show up in your work and it's the same with reading i feel it's so important to read as widely as you can thank you so much for saying that because uh, you know we often have people who say they don't want to read because they don't want to be influenced in their writing and i feel that uh, that is a very short sighted approach to take when it comes to creating anything um apart from writing i know that you are a very disciplined and avid illustrator and journalist yes. illustrate you have something that you practice every single day could you yes. tell us a little more about this and also how it uh, you know how there's a synergy or a symbiosis between your writing and your illustrative journalism i mean journaling so illustrative journaling is something i discovered about 3 uh, or 4 years ago i have always been a diarist right from a very young age i used to always write diary and i have always drawn so i came across something called illustrated journal uh, about 3 uh, 4 years back uh, when a person uh, from new york i saw it uh, you know i saw that an artist from new york was doing this and i did the course and i absolutely loved it because it was marrying of my two great loves which is art and writing so what i do illustrative journaling simply means that you uh, draw what you see in your day so i feel it's a nice visual record of memories and once i discovered it i never wanted to go back to the ordinary form of uh, writing a diary although <laughs> i'm such a you know such a writer that i do have another diary as well which i write but then i have my illustrated journal which i which i don't mind sharing with the world so for me it's a great thing for because it improves my daily art and when i see my illustrated journals from when i started to where i am now i see a huge improvement like practice they say uh, may not make perfect but it definitely improves your craft and that's what i do with my illustrated journaling at the end of the day i just love to sit and draw and no matter what has what is happening in your life you you know when you create something beautiful out of it it's a great record of your day and your day may day may not always be bright you may not always find something to draw and in that case like 
how do you how do you express it what do you want to put in your journal these are things that uh, make you think and for me when i start writing i discover that if i have uh, if i've gone to a place and i have made an illustration about that place i discover that i'm transported right back to the place including the sights the sound the weather and all of it subconsciously comes into my writing i don't do illustrated journaling in order to write better but subconsciously like it helps me or rather i would say it's a side effect that's a uh, very interesting uh, you know preeti because you are a visual person as well as a words person right? yes and that comes through very strongly in your books because it is uh, there are quite uh, you know detailed descriptions of locations of people it's a quite a visual way that you write right. your book so i'm also very curious like most creative people are very reliant i mean they love their dreams they're very lucid dreamers right and they have very strong dreams is that the same with you do you also have like dreams which sort of tap into your oh, yes. subconscious and then you can draw upon them when you're sitting down to create yes you know? yes yes very much so uh, some years back i had uh, studied the dream dictionary because i wanted to know do dreams have meanings so there is something called the dream dictionary and i read it all like what does symbol mean like what does it mean when you see a snake in your dream what does it mean when you see a blooming uh, tree in your dream and things like that so i and i had a dream journal as well kiran in addition to all the journals that i maintain an illustrated journal a diary i had a dream journal and i would ask people do you dream in black and white or do you dream in color because for me i would dream in vivid color you know and it was it was very interesting to me yes i do i feel dreams are significant because dreams are again a communication from your uh, unsorted thoughts from your subconscious mind and i absolutely love to record my dreams and sometimes very rarely stories come out of it but i'm sure it influences in some way when um, you know dreams are one way that we tap into the subconscious as creators yeah and then there are other creative exercises that people recommend do you follow any of those do you i know that uh, you know preeti you're a fitness freak and you're yes. very committed to your working out is yes. that one form of you know you know detaching your mind and getting into the subconscious and getting inspiration for you how important is fitness for you in as a creative person uh for me it's very important simply because if i am fit like if i go to the gym i sleep better if i sleep better i function better on the days that i don't go to this uh, gym i find that it's sometimes i have a very restless sleep but if i go to the gym i'm extremely tired so i feel rested mind it's easy to function one and the second thing i don't do fitness in order to be creative because fitness for me is just a way of life i've always played sports uh i used to in school i had uh, represented uh, my uh, you know school sangathan for nationals basketball nationals i used to take part in athletics and all of that and for me i felt i was losing touch with that aspect of my personality if i was not into fitness so if if not the gym i was into yoga i was doing ashtanga so i've always been a person who is uh, physically very active but it was not it was not for creativity but for creativity i would say to sap, to tap into the subconscious i would say meditation really helps because i discovered meditation about uh, maybe 3 4 years back i discovered i mean i would i did know that meditation existed but i never practiced it but 3 4 years back i started practicing it and i find that that has really helped to calm my mind and to kind of that has helped with the creative process that's that's really interesting uh, meditation for creativity i think that's a great tip people can really you know uh, adopt if they are looking to 
bolster their creativity oh yes and on, if you go on youtube there are uh, meditations for creativity there are 10 minute meditations so if if you are new to meditation you can just put on your headphone and just search for creativity meditation and just close your eyes and follow the instructions on the screen they take you to a medieval village and you hear the sounds and you hear the stream and you really feel you're in that place you can let your mind wander there are many like that so these little exercises if you are new to meditation would really help with creativity is what i find wonderful we'll just take a short break here and we're back pretty we were talking about uh, meditation and creativity just before we went off and uh, you know i asked about fitness because uh, there's this wonderful book by haruki murakami i don't know if you've read it it's called what i talk about when i talk about running oh yes and he's a marathoner yes 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 and uh, i've realized i mean as one grows old and all the bones start creaking and cracking <laughs> <laughs> that there is a certain level people don't really understand that you need to be physically really fit to, in order to be a writer yeah because it is taxing that's one need to be i really never thought of it kiran because you have to be sitting at a desk for so long your back goes out of toss and you know you get all you know you get carpal you get all these other aches and pains and uh, things so your body needs to be at its optimum i feel this is my feeling and uh, we don't really give it that much importance so which is why i asked you that uh, fitness question but uh, oh yeah i never i never made the connection because for me i have written all my books from bed i have this really comfortable huge memory foam pillow which adapts to my back and i all my 15 books have been written from bed so i don't sit down and write you know i relax in an almost uh, 160 degree position and then i type out my books so for me it was never like i never had back pain or anything of that sort while writing but i always needed my animals my dog was always by my side and uh, i would rest i would use her as an armrest and then my dog passed and now i have cats uh, as i speak to you my cats are cats have a very different energy my cats are relaxing so for me animals were very important maybe because simply because i think uh, writing involves huge hours of solitude so for me i find inspiration from my animal companions that's that's so lovely you know taking uh, energy in a way from the animal inspiration as well as energy who would you say priti are the writers who inspire you or whose work you've you know read and found uh, interesting enough to try and uh, you know become a writer yourself so from my very young age it was of course what everybody read which was uh, uh, amar chitrakatha so i started with tinkerl and amar chitrakatha and then of course asterix and obelix which probably explains why i love to draw and then phantom and mandrake and all of that but as an adult the work the writers who i admire are uh, roald dahl and audrey niffenegger and michael morpurgo again very different kind of writers and of course neil gaiman simply because of the way they are able to conjure up stories and the way they are able to make me feel when i read their writing for me the emotional connect is so important the people should feel something so i've written i've read some beautifully written books but i felt nothing for the protagonist so while the craft was there the emotional connect was missing and for me in a book the emotional connect is very important 
and so these are the writers uh, that i admire and i and their language is not that hard that you have to like kind of work very hard to understand what they are saying mostly it's simple and of course murakami i love his work it's so simple and so powerful so these are the kind of this that's kind of writing i try to do as well lovely i love gaiman and murakami myself as well as nefenegor's yes. her fearful cemetery was like uh, book i book i loved yeah even her even time traveler's wife was too good <laughs> that's one of my favorite yeah, it's a lovely book it's a lovely book and yeah. yeah when i was writing my latest i kept thinking that oh god will people think it's like time traveler's wife and anyway but very different no different, but it's very, very different, different very yeah, different yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, have you ever faced this dreaded thing that we most of us come up with called writer's block if so how do you deal with it yeah surprisingly kiran i have never faced it a lot of people ask me that and tachud i've never faced it probably because uh, if i'm not ready to write i don't write for example this year now we are in august and i haven't written a single word for publication of course i have written my own stuff my diaries and things like that and not because the, i have a writers block but simply because i already have three manuscripts ready you know so i said okay fine first time in 15 years let me take a break let me travel the world and this year my goal was every month i have to travel somewhere and i'm so happy that till now i have achieved it because i've never done that in my life you know and i think for writers block when people tell me that they have a writers block i think it's simply because they are so anxious that what they write has to be brilliant what they write has to be superb they are afraid of letting go i feel if you let go of that fear then i feel your writers block will come down to a great extent and if you are still stuck i would say like take a break you know take a walk or travel somewhere if you can travel somewhere leave it alone for some time and then don't think about it at all and come back with a fresh perspective for me when i don't want to write i draw or i paint so for me it's always a balance so touch wood i'm never faced a writer's block and i'm glad about that that's wonderful advice to let it go let don't seek perfection because that perfection gives you anxiety of some sort and just to distract yourself and to you know let it be i think even i do that i just when i finish something i just keep it away for a while and don't look at it for a couple of months and then get back to the second draft or whatever i think that distance gives you a perspective distance is so important because sometimes when i give the distance and then i go back i said why did i write it this way i have no idea and then i'm able to edit so much you know i'm able to remove a lot which i wouldn't have been had i edited immediately had i after i finished did you do you have any creative rituals or any quirks or something that you must do when you're you know in the process of writing like for me for instance i have to write at my desktop you know facing a blank mm. wall do you have and i take off all my rings bangles or whatever watch everything and i sit down to type i need my hands completely empty so is there anything of that sort with you Yeah, for me, I have to be in my room. I cannot write at a cafe. I cannot write. Uh, you know, I've I heard of writers going to a cafe and sitting and working. I just need absolute silence. I should, I I'll be in my room and I need either a cat or a dog. <laughs> I need something with me and I need lots of black coffee. So usually it'll be usually if it's a good writing day, you will find uh, six seven coffee cups by my side. I wouldn't. I would have even forgotten to eat. so you can say how many words i have written by counting the number of cups at the end of the day sometimes it'll be four cups sometimes it's only one cup then i know okay i have written only some 500 words so for me it's my black and um, black coffee and my animals 
<laughs> that's what i need and my room of course and my bed that's what i need i can't work anywhere else that's so lovely i mean uh, <laughs> to have this comfort <laughs> zone where you can work from is so important actually it's very important and i think that familiarity of space also gives a kind of continuity to your flow right plus i think mindset mindsets because i have made myself used to it that okay if i lock my door and if i have these things if i have my coffee it's time to write so it's just a way my brain sends a signal that okay now it's time to uh, you know produce some work so otherwise when i don't do these things it's uh, it's like okay fine we are on a holiday because i don't we don't go to an office kiran so we need to demarcate our space and our, in the inside our mind we demark we need to demarcate our time our thing in such a way and i think we do it with rituals because we mostly work from home then how then do you how do how then do i segregate my role as a mom my role as a writer that's very hard because i work from home so i need something to you know demarcate that and i think these rituals help us achieve that very very true i think uh, i agree completely you know to get into that mind space and to you know uh, get to work so to speak we have that, yes. we set up those boundaries in our heads how, how important is uh, feedback to you or criticism how how do you take it i mean you know sometimes reviews can be really cool sometimes they can be scathing so how does it affect you so for me feedback from my editor is very important and since i write in the commercial fiction space initially nobody knew what worked so they were almost afraid to touch my work or to give feedback because they think that okay if she has written this maybe this is what will sell so it's fine we won't edit it but i needed editing you know i needed to improve my craft so for me from my uh, editor i so important i am an editor's delight whatever the editor says i will take it very seriously i will correct it i will rework it and all of that i rely heavily uh, on like uh, i would uh, like you know take it seriously provided i respect the editor because some of the editors i have worked with are terrible and when they tell me a feedback i know that's 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 okay that's how it has to be that i disregard and it's the, with the review some of them are scathing but honestly kiran it doesn't affect me as much as it did with the first book with the first book i was heartbroken i said oh how can people uh, not like this i put my heart and soul in it second book i was a little less so like my skin becomes two inches thick now my skin is 15 inches thick because it's 15 books so they can say whatever they want simply because the i think the positive things that i hear about my books far outweigh the negative things and i always read the reviews and if there is merit in it i'll try to work on it in my next book but if there's no merit because sometimes people are just motivated by jealousy or because they are jealous that you have written a book and they feel that a 5 year old can write that book that's fine you know you're most welcome to try and make your 5 year old write the book that i have written so it doesn't affect me that much very sensible advice that i think i should take that to heart because i have a great terrible time <laughs> dealing with reviews fine yeah but anyway that's a conversation for another time but finally preeti uh, what's coming up next from you Uh, so my next would be out in october it's a uh, uh, the same characters which whom you have met in my award winning when love came calling they are coming back arush and pooja are coming back in october and i hope you all pick up the book and read the book because when love came calling won the most popular fiction award in author awards and the same characters are coming back and this is set in the post pandemic times so the characters face all the confusion which the young people of today face after the pandemic because the pandemic uh, changed us all 
it's a very peppy upbeat contemporary fiction and that's that will be out in october wonderful looking forward to reading that one preeti all the very best with this next book and with all that you do and with that it is a wrap on this episode of chasing creativity we were chatting with the wonderful preeti shinoy thank you so much for taking time out for this preeti thank you so very much kiran as always it was great talking to you do catch us on apple podcast pinchpot spotify wherever you get your audio content see you next week bye